Hi guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, a Mitrap podcast. How's your week going, Mike? Hey, crazy week, man. A lot going on. I'm out of town this weekend. Makes it more crazy, but uh, I got a random question for you. I haven't asked you. Have you been keeping up with Boba Fett? No, I, I, I haven't. The first episode... I was so I want to watch it with my son. I also I have to like pre-watch them right, to make right, sure right. that he can watch watch them cuz some, some sure. of like the Mandalorian ones are like kind of intense. Oh yeah. Um but I've heard all the discourse about the last two episodes about how essentially it's just Mandalorian season 3 2.5 whatever. Oh, I don't want to say too much. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's basically it just it's just for the fans. It's it's Star Wars for the fans. I've heard it's really good, but oh. it just it it's it's weird how it's in this in this show. So yeah, all right. I'm not gonna say much more. You already heard too much, but oh my god, dude! <laughs> Spoilers tell for me, Book of Boba. Tell Fett. me once you watch it. Yeah, tell me once you watch it. I'm very curious. Your thoughts. You'll know what I'm talking about too. All right, all right I'll have to take. Oh, was a circle back once once I watch these. All right, more important things. What's new with you? Nothing much, man. We've had a we've had a crazy week, guys. We tried to record two podcasts for you. First one lost all audio. Second one, Mike's mic was messed up, but luckily, like his computer randomly also recorded the the audio. So we we at least have some uh, some audio for you uh, for down the road. You'll you'll hear that. Great great guy though. We we got to talk to a new uh, new author to us, uh, Chris Berman. So you'll look out for that episode. But yeah, this week's just been. I don't know, we got on last night to try to record our weekly podcast, and both of us were just like, or I, at least I was. You, you were, you were ready, but I just wasn't ready, so I had to take a day. Yeah. But now we're here, we're ready to go. Let's do I'm it. Ready to talk, Skip, baby. Skip McMahon. He's given me the energy to just power through this week. Skip is freaking awesome, dude. What a guy he is. I can't wait. He for is. Him. Yeah. Well, before we jump into it. We want to thank Chris, our newest patron. Welcome to the group. You're joining Daryl, Kevin, and all the other folks who just joined us to kick off the new year. And so, welcome. We also want to announce our patron giveaway for the month, as this is the first episode of February. So, in a few weeks, at the end of the month, we'll pick a name for a Mitrap Pod t-shirt or thriller paperback of your choice. You get to choose. Nice. Yeah, I'd go for the t-shirt. It's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> wore mine yesterday. Nice. Nice. I think I was wearing mine on one of those interviews where the recording didn't work out, but oh no, maybe it's a bad luck shirt now. Oh no. Yikes. My dad wears this hoodie like every day. He loves it. It's a nice hoodie. That's a nice hoodie. Let me tell you. All right. Well, Skip McMahon, we had wanted to do some character analyses what was the last one we did? Was it Stan Hurley? Yeah, I guess it would be Stan. It would have been Stan, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And it's been a while. Originally, we were going to cover characters when we lost them. You know, they either passed on page or were written out of the series for some reason. But there's so many who just kind of disappeared. And as we look back, we haven't talked about Vince's work in quite some time, you know, after we finished his books. So I think going back to Skip is an oldie but goodie. Good chance to go back to some early Vince, quintessential Vince, 
Although Skip came up rather recently in a in a short scene, so we'll definitely cover yeah, that as well. He did. Yeah. He's still around. We know that. He's still kicking. He's still around. Yeah, no, I think we wanted to have an opportunity to we we had sort of come up with this whole character analysis tribute after we had done most of the books that were the meat of of the Skip content and now that we have an opportunity, we're we're looking back on this series as a whole. I think he's definitely one of the key characters, uh, at least early on in the novels, that, that deserves you know a little little revisit. Yes. Well, before we uh, we give you a breakdown of Skip's highlights, some of the main scenes and and books he was involved in, I've got a little quiz game for you. Cue the quiz show music. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, you gotta put you gotta put something good in there, Mike. I think I did last time, did I not? When I when I sprung yeah, no, the quiz you, show on you? Yeah, you I think you did. Yeah. I'll have to find that same uh audio track and uh it'll be our official theme music. I feel like I'm always uh catching you off guard with some of these <laughs> trivia game shows. <laughs> I normally don't know they're coming, so <laughs> Well, this one's not just for Chris. This is for you all to play along, so we're not going to give you the answers until the end of the episode. Okay. So, yeah. Chris, you come up with your own. Keep them in All your right. head. Don't say audience okay. at home. Yeah, you keep them in your head or write them down, and uh, we'll see uh, by the end of the episode where you stand. I think I only have yeah. four. Yeah, I got four questions for you here. Number one, we'll keep it simple. How many books does Skip McMahon appear in? Hmm. That's a good one. All right. Total. Total books, Total. Vince, Kyle, rap books, not including books, like mine like if he if he shows up, what if he's mentioned? I think this includes if he's mentioned. As far as I found, I don't think he was mentioned by name anywhere without actually being present on page. Okay. Okay. Maybe referenced, hey, an FBI agent from the past, blah blah blah. But I searched every book with his name, first and last. I love that feature on Kindle. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Thank you, Scribed, and thank you, Kindle. Although the encyclopedia that you found helped with this, because that was oh, my main right, reference right, point. Right. And they were accurate. So much as I found, they listed every book Skip was in. So how many nice. total? Okay. This is a tough one. Where did Skip McMahon go to college? Ooh. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's a that's, that's a, a tough one. He got into the FBI like right out of college, right? He did. Yes, he did. It actually yeah. said the day after, the day after graduation, he he signed his name and started working for the FBI. Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. What sport and position did Skip play at that college? Oh, I know this. Do you? Okay, okay. Because we know Alexander was he was uh, he, he was at uh, Alabama, right? Yeah, they was he QB? I, was he the QB of Alabama? Like, the, I, like we never I, like really talked about that. I think he might that's kind of crazy that he's the QB of Alabama. Well, Skip, it does indeed say a position. So, what sport? What position? Our next one. The first time we ever meet Skip, who is he talking to? And that's Ooh. not a trick question. So that one, I think, is uh, 
easy to deduce, if I'm being honest. Last one, and we'll allow an estimate here. We'll, we'll plus or minus a couple of years. What is Skip's approximate age in the current rap universe? Enemy at the gates. The Cook administration. Approximately, plus or minus a few, what Skip's age? I just asked you that question before we got on. I was like, how old is Skip? Like, you I notice I evaded it, it because it was in yeah. the quiz show? <laughs> he did. Because uh, I, I couldn't figure I was trying to figure it out, and I was like, eh, it could be this, could be that. But All right. Well, I guess if he graduated college and he had been working, they mentioned in one of the books that he had been on the job for 35 years. So 35 plus 22. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I put him at a book. Which book was it? Said he was a 30 year veteran, act of treason. Act of treason was when the Alexander administration came in. So if he was a 30 year vet at the Alexander administration, started right out of college, yeah, 21, 22, we're talking early 50s. The Alexander administration was eight years. Right. Up to the Cooks, the transition to the Cooks, cooks. post total power. So he's like 50 60. plus eight. He's he's roughly 60. There we go. Yeah. We'll spoiled that one for y'all. Yeah. No, he's definitely, he's, he, uh, that's what my guess was that he's 60. Yep. 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 All right. So in transfer of power, he is a 26 year veteran. So yes. there's four years between transfer of power and active treason. Which makes sense because that's the whole Hayes administration. That's the entire Hayes administration. Right. So Vince even got those little drops of, how long Skip's been in the service. Perfectly right. You know, transfer power, he dropped 26. So he knew when he mentioned him in act of treason, which is when Alexander was coming in and the transition, he had to be, have be four years older. Because act of treason is the, um, the transition is, is the transition. And when we get the limo scene, right. Mm -hmm. And Skip, he comes into that because he gets those photos of, yes. of Alexander's wife. Yes, with the agent. Exactly. And in that book, I think the photos go to Skip and Kennedy. He brings them right to Kennedy. So they have a, a friendship, let's say. They're working together in that book, and there's that guy Juarez. I forget his position exactly. Jose He's Juarez. like underneath. He's the deputy director of like counterterrorism. Right. He's a, he would be Mitch's boss if Mitch like obeyed by like org charts, right? <laughs> if that's a big if, right there. <laughs> he uh, uh, no if, uh, you know. But yeah, like that Mitch would be a person like Mitch would would be under Juarez. Yeah. So th they're working together on that case to get Gazich, the man in the red hat. So yeah, right. Skip plays a little bit of a role in that one. But his relationship with Kennedy in another book is hinted at. Do you remember this little insinuation? You know, one of the good th things about doing it now is like, it's kind of like going, when I was reading all your notes today, it was kind of like going back down memory lane of our mm -hmm. entire, almost, what, it'll be two years in, in April when we started this thing. Yeah, because we started it because of the fucking pandemic. <laughs> um, right, right. So, yeah, I remember you saying this, that you think that he, Kennedy and him might have had a thing 
but I thought it was more like a platonic, like brother sister relationship. Yeah, no. You I wanted to go more you. sexual. You wanted to go more sexual. Uh, so, I, right, I agree with you. It's very platonic, very professional. What I think though is that if so, how old was Kennedy? Have we ever figured out her age? Good question. I mean, American Assassin. She was just getting into the biz. She's older he, than rap. If she saw Uncle Stan and Stansfield, Stansfield was more like a grandfather. So she's got to be what forty, fifty years younger than him, at least. Yeah, but she's older than rap, and rap right now is is almost fifty, right? Yeah, it's true. I, I would put her at Skip's age. I'd say they're they're probably around the same age. She's maybe like, all right, let's say if rap's fifty, she's fifty five, yeah, and and Skip is early. Like early sixties, yeah. So now. yeah, I think that's fair. Like eight, maybe like five, eight years between the two of them. See, I think if Skip is five years younger, he's all over that. He's Dude, he's all he wants Kennedy. It. So I remember bringing that up, but it wasn't me insinuating it. I have text evidence that Rap Rap was thinking of this. You ready for? Here's the quote that kicked kicked this hunch off. I remember saying it. It was executive power, and Rap is thinking this, quote, Kennedy and McMahon had a relationship that went beyond work. How far beyond? Rap had never been comfortable in asking, but McMahon was ideal for the job. He had a reputation as someone who could turn a blind eye to certain things if need be. Rap had never been comfortable in asking how far beyond their relationship went beyond work, which means... He wanted to ask. He was wondering. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that there's only one way you can read that line. And he thinks, essentially, Mitch is admitting that he thinks that McMahon fucks. Like, as, <laughs> <laughs> so. Mark is explicit. He, he sees Irene as a sister and he doesn't want to think about what his sister is doing, right? Yep. So he just, it just goes, you know, out of his mind. Like, you know, out of, out of, out of his mind. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you went there. You went there. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. One other way, McMahon's a total badass. He's one of the only people who can get away with some quick jabs at Mitch. Yeah, he throws no. some barbs. He throws some barbs. I honestly the the thing that I like the most about him when looking back on this is one, his ability like he's a through and through G-Man, right? He mm-hmm. put in the service, but he's not jaded in, in the sense of like, he won't let the CIA, I mean, he, he's not going to let the CIA do whatever he wants, but for the sake of the nation, for the sake of, you know, getting stuff done, he's not, because you, you watch all these things with like these FBI agents and they, they like, or, or if you're watching like a CIA, CIA story, they have to interact with the FBI. The FBI is always like telling them, no, 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 you know, no, no, no. Yeah. And Flashing there's never, badges. exactly. And it's never like we're, we're trying to work together. I mean, just look at like, what happened with 9 11, right? But Skip had this ability to be pragmatic. Yeah. I love the, the pragmatism of him. And then the other thing I liked is the fact that he's freaking, you know, he just, the way he does his glob, he's freaking clinical, man. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't want any other investigator on, you know, on the job. And then he has this, like, not, I guess, kind of like a friendly uncle 
with rap where they're not equals. Like I, th- I feel like he, rap sort of, I don't want to say looks up to him, but respects reveres him. him. He almost reveres, reveres him in a way. Yeah. Like, but in a different way than he reveres Hurley. Oh yeah. Definitely not as paternal. I, it's like an older cousin. Sure. You know, not somebody who nurtures you, but somebody who can throw a few jokes your way and you kind of look up to not, you want to be them, but you can learn a few lessons from them. But I also think like if Skip ever needed anything from Mitch, Mitch, Mitch has got his back. Yep. And I think, and I think vice versa. Exactly. And that leads to a relationship where uh, Skip at one point is kind of giving him some lip. They're going back and forth. And it's one of those lines like any other man and they would have no limbs left. But he's sure. like, rap is like, I, I know Skip for a long time. Like, I know he's quality. You know, he even at one point when I was doing the research on this, before he really knew rap and particularly Coleman very well, he's getting he's going off on on something in front of Mitch. And he goes, yeah, don't don't try to bullshit me. He goes, I know what you and Blondie are up to. He called Scott Coleman Blondie That's in awesome. front of Mitch. Like he's got some balls. Yeah, to to skip you, if you're gonna do something, just say it to his face because mm-hmm. he's not gonna take these lying. He's not gonna take uh, you know any of your bullshit, and he'll give it to you straight up, right back. Yeah, yeah. And to your other point, how clinical he is. We get that. In term limits, dude. Yes. Skip plays a major role in what is a very good book, Term Limits. Um, <laughs> particularly. Not a good book. <laughs> all right. We're going to reread it. Let's push that off. Maybe in March. We're, we're rereading that one. Skip is at the crime scene for the house in Fairfax because the yes. assassins were picking off. Uh, congressman and you know they shot the senator in northwest dc well now there's this dead congressman at a house in fairfax it's kind of in the woods well skips the first one on scene and he sees how these four u.s marshals are down and skips kind of reading where the bullet placements are they're not all shot in the forehead one shot one kill he sees a couple of stray bullets He notices the marshals didn't even have a chance to defend themselves with their hand placement and their guns still being holstered. And he's like, wait, the assassins that we have a profile for, they have not hurt law enforcement. They've gone out of their way when they take people out to not implicate Secret Service or any any officers on the ground. Yet here they did a bang up job taking out four U.S. marshals with zero respect. He goes that doesn't seem like these assassins and Kennedy was thinking the same thing. And so I think like, it's crazy that in term limits, Vince wants an FBI. That's not so much play by the rule book to work with Kennedy, but he wants to clearly show the difference between the CIA and the FBI. And so I think skip McMahon is the perfect law enforcement officer to play by the rules, but in a way that's going to work with the CIA instead of, like you said before, they're not going to butt heads because that's very easy to do in a thriller. Oh, right. you know, the case is screwed up and held back because the CIA wants to go spooky and the FBI wants to be squeaky clean. 
that's too easy. Instead, Vince is here is, is putting Skip in the role of you can bring these two together. And then by Memorial Day, the payoff is we've got the perfect guy to run the JCTC, whose right. literal job is to stop a nuclear attack by coordinating both sides and balancing bureaucracy, paperwork, and being a bang-on investigator, but also willing to get your hands dirty and sometimes look the other way. Skip's the guy for that. Exactly. No, I'm 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 being hard on term limits. It it's uh I think just when I going back and looking, obviously I'm constantly thinking about the episode where we're gonna have to rank these books. And to me, it, it's down towards the bottom, but it's still a very good book. And I think one of the best parts about it is and what I kinda want more of is I think it should have just been like a an FBI book. You know, like mm-hmm. a, a like a you know skip trying to do the thing I, I i realize what vince was trying to do he has all these ideas he's setting up obviously it's our first introduction to not only skip scott coleman uh irene stansfield, Stan, irene, stansfield. Yeah. like it's it's honestly one of stansfield's biggest books you know he's oh, yeah one of the main if i feel like you have michael o'rourke obviously the assassins being scott and then you have like the irene stansfield duo and then, like the the fourth other main character would be like the FBI and and McMahon leaving the way there, right? And that's one of my favorite parts. And just seeing like these interactions, you actually see this investigation. It kind of has like the whole like fugitive feel, almost you know, like the movie The Fugitive or or U.S. Marshals, um, yeah. even though that's not the FBI. But yeah, no. And I, when we first get introduced to him, I don't know. I just it's I wanted more of him, and I. I liked how he was sprinkled out, you know, throughout the series. Uh, we even, you know, most recently Kyle brought him back. We got a little, little yeah. nugget. Yeah. Uh, I guess we saw a couple. We didn't see Mike, but Maggie Nash was at that same meeting in in, in uh, Total, Total Power. Power. Well, was it in a barn in in Mitch in the Manassas compound? Yeah, I think it was one of the yeah the barn in Manassas. Yeah, yeah so, so we he's still that, in the universe. Yeah, he's still exactly. Around. We know that he's living on this compound along with, I mean, I guess we could probably say that, like, I bet you Jack Warch lives there, and right. obviously Scott lives there, and uh, Mike Nash lives, well, Mike Nash and the Nash family lives there. Yeah. You know, who who else lives in there? Does, does Charlie Wicker live there? Does... Right. What's his name? Maslick. Uh, Maslick. Does Joe Maslick live there? Yeah. Yeah, I... I would love, I would love a map. I would love a map of the complex. Of yeah, course, it'd be cool. super classified. But how cool would that be? Is like, does Marcus a have a edition, house there? Like a poster or something? Who does Marcus, Marcus have a house there? Yeah, Marcus. That's a good candidate. That's a good point. Well, he wants shooters. I know rap wants shooters. No, I know, but I, I feel like Marcus wants a house there so he could be protected by <laughs> so you know, but... could be protected. Yeah. Marcus, I'll buy my house in the middle of the of the compound. <laughs> yep. Plus, you got to protect Marcus. He's a, he's vital. Dude, we I can't wait to do a Marcus character analysis. That'd be good. Yeah we 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 didn't get enough uh, of the Internet Cafe. I, w- I want more of that, but we'll save that yeah. for another pod. Oh, some Marcus stuff is also very old school, quintessential Vince. Yes. Yeah, Dude, it's... thinking just to wrap up term limits. In our fourth episode ever, fourth episode of this pod, we named Skip McMahon the winner of Term Limits, part oh, two no, of Term he, Limits. He was the winner. 
That's how much we liked him. Dude, uh, like that's what I said. I think the the best part of Turn Limits is Skip McMahon and the whole FBI subplot. Like that, yep. to me, that makes that book like amazing. And I feel like if it was if it was if it was a Skip book, if it was just his book with all these other like you know characters, honestly that that would bring Turn Limits way up to me. So he continues in transfer of power as he by that time is promoted to the guy running HRT. HRT, yep. Which puts him leading the hostage rescue team as one of the lead negotiators when they get Aziz on the phone. After Tutwiler, she shits the bed. She freezes, like literally right. goes into shock. Aziz is like, never put a woman on the phone again with me. Who who the hell is this? And he's like, I'm skipping man, director of blah, blah, blah. And Aziz goes, you're the only one I want to talk to. So now Skip is hostage negotiator in chief, you know, with the, with the White House being taken. And it leads to some unique situations because when I went back, I don't know if I realized this the first time. Irene and Stansfield are sidelining the FBI. I guess I remember this being a storyline. Because, of course, Skip's in charge, FBI and HRT has the lead. But Aziz knows that. He knows our protocols. So he knows. He's like, I just assassinated one of the hostages. That means HRT has to come bust down the door now. Before right. you do it, Aziz tells him about all the, the charges that he has. The detonators on every window, every door, every wall. And so that's when Irene and Stansfield go around Skip's back and, and sideline the FBI and Skip gets very mad at it. I, I saw one scene where he and Irene are kind of arguing, and he puts his hands on her. He grabs her chin, says, look me in the eye, and makes her face look him in the eye and says, why the hell didn't you tell me you were going to send those two seals in? You know I'm in charge here. And Irene's like, don't talk to me like that. Like, we're we're better than that. We're, we're I thought we were friends. And Skip is mad, like, well, friends don't go behind my back and, and do these kinds of things. They also wait to tell him about Iron Man. He doesn't even know Mitch exists. Right. And eventually Stansfield decides to read Skip in. And Skip's kind of pissed off that he didn't even know who he thought were friends and colleagues in a professional sense were working around him. But that's what the CIA is supposed to be doing. Yeah, did you feel like, it was a little bit different transition of the relationship that we saw between him and Stansfield and, and Irene that we saw in Term Limits to what we see in, in Transfer of Power. I, I saw a little bit of a disconnect, but it also could just be like we're in this crazy situation right. of the hostage. And now instead of, but I mean, in Term Limits, you have like people getting shot down. And that's really going to be the FBI taking the lead. I don't know. I just... It, it was a, it was a change. And I I know yes. like this this is an opportunity for Vince to he's obviously setting a new thing. Term limits is its own thing. You know this is now Mitrap book one, um, so he can obviously is I can't knock him for if he wanted to make a change making a change. But I did feel that there was you know this dichotomy between the relationships that he portrayed in in both books. Yes, but. It's very calculated and purposeful in that, you know, Stansfield is the spy master. He he knows Aziz, understands what Skip's role would be as FBI director in charge of HRT. 
And Stansfield needs to have the upper hand. He almost needs to be the bad cop to Skip's good cop because Skip is trying to please and like get Aziz to hold on and delay. When Stansfield gets on the phone, you remember how the conversation changes and Stansfield is able to confuse Aziz. I think they wanted to separate FBI and, and CIA and they wanted Skip to be in the dark on some things so he didn't give away the farm. He could do his hostage right. negotiation job. You don't want that person having every piece of information. You know, you don't want that person knowing you're sending seals in through the air ducts because they're on the phone with the fuck with disease. You know, right. you don't want them knowing you're planning Charlie Wicker sniping from the tower. These these guys par- parachuting sure. in. You don't want the main hostage negotiator knowing that. So I think it's tactful. And the last thing I'll say is it's not out of disrespect for Skip because Stansfield even says, quote, that's why I like you, Skip. Always vigilant, always pressing for the whole story. When Skip got pissed off, Stansfield right. says that quote. Like he's he's the ultimate spy master. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, just thinking back on obviously we're here now, so I'll just say it. Transfer of power, right? What a good book. But if you think about it, the this is the first book we read, but if you think of Aziz after going back to American Assassin that relationship that Mitch has with Aziz and then the relationship that continued on and we don't, we never like got the culmination of it. Obviously they have this huge past to give him the scar that hits so hard. Like I, I just, I'm, I'm thinking about it all over again. I'm just like, wow, Aziz, what a good villain. And we do get to see the kill shot. Mitch does kill him in the epilogue. Yes. It's it's just the in-between. It's the chase that, you know, keeps us wanting. It's the scar. It's the hunting. It's the, the tracking around the globe. That's the kind of stuff that leaves us wanting with that relationship. It's the, well, I would love to see the tracking, like. Post-kill shot. Yes. Like, there oh, are no, actually post-transfer power pre-epilogue. I would love to see both of those, but right, you true, know, exactly. The interactions they had in between American Assassin or Kill Shot and Transfer Power, and then also yeah, Vince kind of did that sometimes, where he would just—I mean, obviously, I guess you just want to wrap it up, you want to get to the Kill Shot scene, but yeah, what a good villain, yeah. Aziz! Oh yeah, totally, totally. He's the leader of my Sinister Six for sure. Yeah, we got to do Sinister Six. We did Vince's villains. We did Kyle's villains. We got to do top villains. So we'll have that for the patrons maybe next week, week or two, for sure. Hey, here's one other detail. And this was like an Easter egg by Executive Power, because that's another book where Skip comes back. So after Transfer Power, we don't see him. Does he go to the Philippines in that? Yes. That's his kind of return. So how many books then? Because he's not in the third option. No, not in uh, Separation of Powers. Not in Separation of Power. So we kind of get a two-book break. So it was like an Easter egg when Skip returns in Executive Power. Yeah, his main role there is they bring him in to track some people. They know he's a good investigator. He's tracking that corrupt general. Gets some intel on him. And he's tracking the ambassador who was tied up in, in screwing our troops over in the Philippines and the reason our guys got ambushed on the beach. Skip actually has to go to the Philippines, arrest the ambassador, bring him back to the U.S. for trial. So he's involved in all that. But there's a conversation here that harkens back to term limits. So 
Vince is using Skip as a little fan service, a little Easter egg by executive power. When you haven't seen him for a few books, where he says, McMahon and Coleman had crossed paths several years back during a very high-profile murder investigation. The case had never been brought to trial, but both Rapp and McMahon knew the truth about the events that surrounded the sensational murders. Scott Coleman had been a major player in that drama. And I think that's when he calls him Blondie, offhand to rap. Was this the first time that Vince acknowledged term limits in the series? I think it might be. Yeah, up until this point, we hadn't had any connection, obviously besides the presence of the characters. There's no connection of even acknowledging that this, you know, officially is is term limits is canon, right? Yeah. Um, I guess we didn't have anything any reason to doubt, but because we always get these little descriptions before every character is introduced, and so I I tried to go back and look for when Coleman was first introduced, and it's it it's not anything about what what he did in term limits. No, nope. but after this. Mitch does like every now and then he'll talk about Coleman and say like, or when he's thinking about Scott, like Scott did some things. So like term limits later down the road gets brought up or briefly mentioned. And it's only for fans that would understand what happened. Right. And I'm wondering how Skip knew about that. Even though he was in term limits, he was on the case. He was not involved with the Michael O'Rourke, Seamus, Stansfield stuff. No, Stansfield was really the only one who knew right. that that Scott was, it was Scott. the murderers. Because the beach scene where he lets him kill Nance yeah. on the beach. And they say it yeah. was a horseback riding incident. So the question is, how does Skip find out? It's either Michael O'Rourke, Irene, or Stansfield who reads him in on it. Or Rap himself who reads him in on it. Uh, which makes me think. It could be Irene that she trusts him so much, and or has a has a relationship with him. Yeah, I think it, I think it's got to be Irene because yeah. Irene also. I think I remember Mitch saying that Irene never told him what happened with Coleman, but he yeah. like figured it out. He figured it out, especially when Michael O'Rourke comes back into a book. That's uh, what, what, what that's with Anna. They go to they go to a, they go to a so, baseball game. So the baseball game, like you were saying, how do we connect Scott to all this and where does he get brought in? It's the third option where we're hearing about the baseball game from Michael O'Rourke's perspective. Oh, right, right. Because it's Michael and Liz, Scarlatti, his wife, and Anna Reilly's best friend. At the baseball game, Anna brings Mitch, Liz brings Michael, and they meet up and Scott happens to be there or Scott comes by. And Michael knows him from term limits, right? Because right. he helped him. He was on the assassinating team. And Michael introduces him to Mitch. And Scott has this like look in his eye like, it's fucking Iron Man, bro. And like <laughs> Scott's even, the Scott of the term limits, the assassin that we thought was like crazy scary, almost gets scared himself meeting Mitch at this baseball game. Right. No, 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 I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that baseball game is a pivotal, pivotal scene that's that's recounted in, in the third option. Almost want like a little short story about, a about that about yes, that novella, novella about that day. Yeah. Right. Like what's Scott doing at the baseball game? Yeah, exactly. We know the double date is going on. 
which Mitch, right. I'm sure, had a lot of uh, a lot of thoughts on going on a <laughs> double date in public with a congressman. But <laughs> that's funny, dude. Yeah, that baseball scene. Maybe we'll break that down one day because it's huge. That that brings Mitch and Scott together. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the beginning of their relationship. So, and they both kind of heard of each other. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it's they a good they scene. they knew of each other. Yeah. Well, or like at least he had known who Iron Man. What about Iron Man and then had pieced together that Mitch was Iron Man. So Yeah, yeah. Man, so let's just drop a couple other uh skip nuggets. Because I think those were some of the big heavy hitters of his scenes. The other one is definitely Memorial Day, where he plays a big yes. role. Yes. He's uh in charge of the like you said, the counterterrorism division at the joint uh JCTC with the FBI and and CIA. And I guess he eventually gets replaced later on in like extreme measures by what's was the guy named Art? I feel like I feel like for some reason that's sticking to my head. Hmm. But uh definitely like in Memorial Day, Mitch had the same sort of relationship that he had with Skip, but then they had to make it uh remember they had to make it a facade that they hated each other, but then like behind closed doors they or it might have been Mike and him. Mike and Art, I forget. But um no, it was Mike and Art. Yeah, but Mitch knew him too. But yeah, because Memorial Day, I'm pretty sure, is where he's messing around with Mitch. They're they're poking some barbs at each other. Mitch is like, "Yes, I'm good with that." Like this is this is a guy who can talk to me that way. Like he's one. He's one. So I I see Skip as one of the guys, but not one of the guys in like the Seal Demolition. Like you know sure. the dudes that Rap can have a beer with and and throw some barbs with is like McReavers, Maz, even though Maz is a little intimidated by him most of the time. But still, they're the guys who could sit around. Hackett and Strobel probably could have done it. Dan Harris, remember the random SEAL commander who storms the beach and transfer oh. power? Dan Harris. Like those guys, all these military commandos you know could could shoot the breeze with Mitch and fuck around with him, you know? But when Skip does it, an FBI special agent like that's not supposed to happen, but Mitch is okay with it because he knows Skip's different. I like that. I feel like it's like you know, I don't know. Like uh, been in a funeral, and you know you're maybe drinking, and you have like that uncle that walks up, and it's like you you would never like hang out with your, that uncle normally or have a drink with that uncle, but because of the situation, it's it's thrust upon you, and then like. You, you respect them, so you talk to them, you sit down, and then you have like you actually enjoy the conversation. I feel like it's something like that. Or like if Skip were to walk into a bar and all these guys were sitting there, he'd order a beer, they'd talk, and then he would leave. You know that that's yeah. exactly how that scene would go. No, but I'm saying he could throw a zinger at him. Yeah, he could tell one of them to f off or or oh yeah for sure. Joke. And they're not they 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 allow it to happen, and sure. they'd allow it exactly. Where a random bozo walking into the bar and saying a joke like that to that group of guys, they'd usually you know have no business being there someone like skip you cheers him for it you know even though he's an fbi suit exactly exactly yeah yeah i mean in in this book though he's coordinating the jctc but he's also coordinating with the department of energy yeah and then he's taking and and send and delegating people to follow up on leads like al yamani's boat found in the swamps of florida and then he tips off Mitch that there's a guy at the prison that they captured, I think, in Charleston at the port. And it's like, but he's got a high-powered attorney, Mitch, so you know no one can go over there and intimidate him. But he takes Mitch to the prison anyway. 
Then they get tips in southeastern Virginia as they're tracking the car that there was a hit and run. Someone reported it looked like the terrorist. And Skip, right. I think, is the first one on scene to find the dead old the old lady and that old couple at the house. He's on the phone with Mitch. Mitch is like, is there a boat? Are they on the water? Go check if the boat's docked. And Skip's the one be like, yo, Mitch, there's no boat, which which allows Mitch to know they're going to come to D.C. with the bomb in a boat. So Skip is right. – he's the lead investigator – Par excellence. Yeah. And then we we see him briefly again in Consent to Kill. Yes. I remember this scene uh, pretty pretty vividly. He he comes to the blast site at Mitch's house, sort of Mitch is in the hospital, right? Anna's dead. Uh skips there. And right does, does this is when Coleman comes up and, and Charlie Wicker like comes up and he's like what he sort of like, what are these, spooks, you know, you spooks doing here? But, you know, Charlie just sort of goes off, does his thing, and then yeah, comes the back and then brings, and was like, oh, the guy went this way with a bike, you know? And he's like, how, how the fuck did you know that? And he's like, I'm that good, bro. It's Charlie Wayne. Um Yeah, and it's it shows he's fully there for Mitch. He's going to figure this out. You know, the whole the whole crew is, is, is pulling for Mitch and going to do whatever they can. But uh, it was nice to see him come back and, be reintroduced again and to show that he's one of the key characters in Mitch's life, Mitch's career, um, and would have his back no matter what. Yeah. And again, he's so true to character because Coleman says, Hey Skip, can you leak to the media? Let them think Mitch is dead. That will give us and Mitch some cover to operate, you know? Right. It will it will allow us to uh, you know get get some people off our backs, and Skip, he always wants to toe this line of of doing the right thing versus doing the easy thing or you know what he's supposed to do, and he he does it. He he leaks that Mitch is dead. That as the, the investigator on the case, you know the attack the explosion you know killed Mitch and his his wife, and that's that. And because of that, Coleman and crew get the cover to to go do what they need to track down Gould. So Skip, you know, he's he's coming through. He's coming through. Bending yeah. rules where he needs to, but being the quintessential bureaucrat investigator by the book also when he needs to. It's a great exactly. character. That's great character. That's been his MO the entire time. Dude, totally. We briefly mentioned earlier that, you know, he shows back up. So it's a pretty long gap between consent to kill to act of treason. Right. Where he shows up and he gets those photos. Um, uh, it's the book after. Act of Treason's right after Consent to Kill? Dude, I wouldn't have guessed that either. When you said oh. that, I was like, that sounds right. And I looked it up, I'm like, really? I was, uh, see, that this is how, like, what's my mind this all is. Act of Treason Dude, is right shocking. after. Consent to Kill was so damn big, to be followed up by Act of Treason, which seems like a small book in scope, it's like, really? A very good book, Act of Treason, but... It doesn't have the impact. Why in my mind did I think? How did it come out after? I guess it makes sense because it's the transition, right? So does that mean Consent to Kill is Hayes' last book? Yeah. Okay. Must be. Okay. Or he's Act of Treason. Hayes is in it, right? Because right, because it's the transition. Yeah. That's right, because because uh, Alexander is vice president elect, or candidate candidate. He's president elect, right? 
uh, what's his, no, the guy that Kennedy kills was the president-elect, which is why Alexander moved up, or no? No, no, no. That guy that Kennedy kills is the vice president. Is the vice president-elect. Ross. Got you, Ross, got you. Ross. Ross, 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 yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay, yes, Alexander was always the, the, the lead candidate. So, right, right, right. right after Act of Treason is Pursuit of Honor? Protect no, and I mean, protect, protect and defend. And that, that's where Kennedy... Kennedy gets taken. Yeah. No skip in that one, I don't believe. And then no skip in Extreme Measures. No skip in Pursuit. Last Man. And did Kyle ever mention Skip outside of that one line in Total Power? Yeah, no, it's it's not. So you could tell that this is... Act of Treason is his last, like, official thing and after that he's retired right maybe because he's retired we get, we, with the administration shift we get new people who are in the fbi like i was mentioning this i'm pretty sure his name is art in extreme measures and when when mike nash is brought in so yeah like skip skip is out right i wonder with the presidential transition if roach also leaves the director spot and we know that roach is his guy so Right, why Skip maybe also retires at the, around that time. He would have been, by our calculations, before early 50s, so hitting retirement age soon. Uh, yeah. Must have been out. It must have gotten out around that time. Act of treason, protect and defend, and extreme measures. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, and then we, we don't get him again until that scene in Total Power, so. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, we got two things we want to wrap up with. I want to you got, read. You got to give me the quote. answers, you right? I was going to say, answers, though. I got to give you the quiz show answer. So maybe we'll do that now. I thought we'd wrap up with a little fan casting because we've done that for many characters. I don't recall doing it for Skip. So I got a little description of Skip, and we'll have to see who we picture in our minds. Okay. But um, let's let's go to the quiz show. Quiz show. Cue the music. How many books did Skip appear in? Well, which ones did we mention? Term limits. Term limits. Transfer, Transfer power. power. Executive, executive power. power. Memorial Day. Day. CTK. Act of Treason. Total power. If you count his scene in total power, we got seven. Seven, seven. books. Seven books. Maybe you guessed that. Okay, where did he go to college? We didn't talk about that. You ready for it? Penn State. Penn State. Oh. He's a Pennsylvania boy. I did not know that. I think it was dropped once in, what book was that? I got it written down. Transfer of Power. Transfer Power. All right, what did he play? He played defensive tackle at Penn State. Yeah, I knew he played I knew he played football. I knew he played yep. football. He played football. Oh, we didn't talk about this either, but it makes sense. The first time we meet, meet Skip in term limits... He's talking to his good old friend, Director Roach, FBI Director Roach, who, if you remember, is four years younger than Skip, but Skip harbors no jealousy or animosity because Skip did not want to be in a director role where your hands are tied and, you know, there's a lot of red tape. So he said, go for it, buddy. Glad for you, Roach. I'm just going to stick as a special agent. I liked Roach as the director of the FBI. Because every other FBI director, the only other time I guess we've seen the FBI, FBI director is when 
we have like the whole situation with Joel Wilson, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you know that they're brought in there. Besides that, Skip was our only like sort of link to the FBI in the past. Right. But I liked Roach as a character, um, and I liked I particularly liked the relationship that him and Skip had. Yeah, seemed like a real you know real type of relationship. There, two men respected each other. Like you just mentioned, he's younger. I I thought he was talking on the phone to or like he had but there, I I'm I'm jumbling my this is why we need to go back to term limits. I thought he got the voicemail from Scott and that that's what the ah. first time we we meet him. But no, it's not. Gotcha. Yeah, he was already deep into the investigation when he got the voicemail from the blonde-haired assassin as the investigator. I forget what he and Roach are talking about in their first opening scene. Oh, um they're kind of discussing all the senators who've been taken down. Chapter 6 of Term Limits. Kozlowski's right. been shot. Uh, Fitzgerald's been shot. Another congressman named Downs was killed. The Speaker of the House, Bassett, you know, was about to be taken out. So I think they were just discussing some file they had about all those cases. All right. The last question we went over already. Approximate age in the rap. How old would he yeah. be in the rap universe? So we're, we're putting him at about 60. Early 60s, retired in Manassas. Yep. All right. So I'm curious who you think of for Skip. He's a big dude. Let me read this description. Not so much a physical description, but we get a good summary. So this also is a is a great summary of, of Skip. Everything we talked about. Quote, In more than his 30 years with the Bureau... This is an executive power. In more than his 30 years with the Bureau, McMahon had hunted bank robbers, kidnappers, killers, serial killers, terrorists, cyberpunks, spies, several federal judges, and a few politicians to boot. He was a tenacious, no-nonsense lawman who the Bureau often called on when they needed results. He was loved by the few people who truly understood him and hated by the army of bureaucrats in dark suits who were more concerned with protocol than results. But even the pension gang at the FBI had a grudging respect for McMahon. In a place where 99.9% of the employees had never discharged their weapon in the line of duty, McMahon had done so on more occasions than he cared to count. He wasn't a lawyer or an accountant. He was an old-fashioned law enforcement officer. Who do you think can live up to that role? Hmm. Who does it look like? Yeah, we were talking about this in, in pre-production, uh, and I've been thinking about it for a while. It's hard. I feel like you don't want someone who's like super famous, super good looking, you know, like want an older actor. My first, although, you know, I think he's a little busy right now with some investigations of his own, but I was thinking about Alec Baldwin. I feel like... <laughs> He might have been a good uh, Skip McMahon. Yeah, I think so. He's also beefy enough to be a defensive yeah. tackle. I mean, if he was a little bit older, um, Don Draper, um, John Hamm. John Hamm always plays an FBI agent. I think he's literally played an FBI agent like 15 times. I could see Skip as clean cut, too. He's not, like, maybe some, maybe some salt and pepper in him, but he's he's a clean cut kind of... Right, Trim and if you have dude. him, maybe you have him at the same age, you know, like a, a younger Kennedy, and like maybe maybe you see the interaction between him and, and Kennedy there. 
mm-hmm. you know, like any, sometime before transfer power. I agree with you not wanting someone famous because Skip is always this like secondary role. But I like Marky Mark. If Mark, Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg were bigger. I don't see it, but. If he were bigger, right? If you bulk him up, give him a few inches. I mean, Mark Wahlberg, no defensive tackle for still being a, a strong dude, but I see it. You put him in a suit, slick that hair back. I I could definitely see it. Hmm. Let's look at this Mark Wahlberg in a suit. This is hard, man. Oh, dude. I absolutely see it. But he's too young. Mark Wahlberg was too young. I'm thinking like term limit skip, man. Yeah, yeah, mm. I get all right. I mean, honestly, Tommy Lee Jones, man. True, a, an older skip, like like a current like age a fugitive, or, like a right. fugitive, or uh, the early like Men in Black. Tommy Lee, yes, Lee. yes, yes. No, nah. I'll give you that. Or and then then like you have him later on. He's no country for old men. Tommy Lee Jones. So yeah, dude. Wait, oh, you said the fugitive, which no Harrison Ford wouldn't work as a. Who would Harrison Ford be in the Vince Flynn universe? I don't know if he fits. He'd be an old Mitch Rapp. <laughs> an old Rapp, an old Scott. Old maybe? Scott. Old he's Scott. He's got the lighter colored hair. Ah, uh, hmm, no. He's somebody. I just can't put my finger on who. A president? Maybe like a Hayes. Hayes or an Alexander? Oh, they he didn't play football, but. Because he could also be kind of squirmy in some roles. You know, Harrison Ford isn't always a good, you know, he's he's not a. No. He doesn't always play the cleanest of characters. He could be a Sherman Baxter, that vice president who takes over and transfer power. Right. Someone who you think could project leadership, but you don't know if you could trust him. Right. right like a Han Solo. Like a, like a Han Solo. He, he's like a Han Solo. Sherman Baxter, the Han Solo of the Mitrap universe. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, who would Chewbacca play? <laughs> <laughs> Which droid from Star Wars would work as a Mitrap assistant? <laughs> none, of, none of them. He'd be like Mando. Hates droids. No, dude, no, R2 because, you know, he's your wingman. No, I think he hates droids. <laughs> he's like Mando? Yeah, yeah. He's like Din. <laughs> Dude, that's good. That's good. All right, so I think we settled on an older, an older skip, Tommy Lee Jones. A younger skip, maybe Mark Wahlberg. I liked your um, John. Was the first one we said Ben, uh, not Ben Affleck. Oh, Ben Affleck. Oh. Ben Affleck. Eh. He's got the size. If we think defensive tackle. Honestly, so we're, now that we're doing fan casting. I see, like, do you ever see uh, Matt Damon as Scott Coleman? Is it the hair? You're saying because the hair. He can he can get that longish hair going. He can get that longish, little 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 lighter. He's a pretty boy. He can... Nah, uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I think you got to have somebody who's a lot more Scandinavian. Mm. Lighter skin, oh. more Scandinavian looking. You gotta have uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Who's that? Dude, what do you do? Um. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yes, except I always look at that guy and think creep. 
No, that's his father. Look at um, Alexander Skarsgård. I see where you're going. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That's Scott Coleman. Oh, Dude, my goodness. He's in this uh, He's in this new movie about Vikings. Oh, it my looks, goodness. It's on like Apple TV+. Plus. It looks sick. What's the name of the movie? It's called The Northman. Just go Holy and look, watch The Northman trailer. It's fucking awesome. You just found Scott Coleman. Oh, my good Lord. You found Scott Coleman. It's just... Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, out of all our fan <laughs> casting, there has not been one person I saw and thought more closely relates to the essence of that character than this dude. That's so funny that you said that. Oh, my God. Just Google his name and then Tarzan. Oh, yeah. Apparently he was Tarzan. He was, Tar- he was, oh he my was Tarzan. Every single one of these pictures screams Scott Coleman to me. David. Yeah. Let's get David on this. Let's get, let's get David on it. He's like, guys, I have no power. I, I wouldn't be involved at all. <laughs> Yo, that's a good call out. There it is. You you just won. You just, you just, <laughs> I just won, won the movies. What did I win? You just won Hollywood. Well, that's Skip, man. That's that, Skip, that baby. Nice. That's Skip. This was fun. I liked it. A, a little looser. to Skip McMahon. Yes. We toast Skip. What would Skip be drinking right now? What do you say? Mm. I don't think uh, I don't think I can recall a scene with him ordering a drink. Seems like a like a Coors banquet beer kind of guy. I was gonna go gin and tonic. Hmm. You think? Eh, Class, maybe a little classy. Yeah, I don't know. Or a nice red wine. He 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 fucks with some red wine. He he definitely like. He saves the red wine for when he's hanging out with Kennedy. No, yeah, because I could I could totally see him being the kind of guy that will make like a seafood risotto, you know, or like some, <laughs> you know, for like a lady. He just he seems like that kind of guy to me. I don't know. You don't th- you don't see that? Ah, uh, yeah, I do. I do. I, I think he, so. if he had the time, but he fucking fucked up his marriage by by being such a good FBI agent. Yeah, there was that line that. Actually, it's been mentioned a few times in his backstory that six years of just tracking serial killers, rapists, and like crimes against children, he's like, it just screwed with his head, and he got so deep into having to cover that stuff. Put his, his A couple times said, put himself in the shoes of these people, just twisted with his mind, yeah. He lost his wife, they're divorced. He has kids, right? Ah, good question. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he didn't say I don't believe, or at least what I found that was mentioned. The only thing, family-wise, I definitely know about him is during Total Power when Mitch warns them about the evacuation and preparedness for the grid right. going down. He asks, what about our families? But Kyle has a qualifier when he asks that question. He's more concerned about relatives in other states, not any immediate family in Manassas with him. For some right. reason, it seemed like Kyle qualified. He's more concerned about family living across the country, and not, or maybe maybe his wife, right, and kids. Who knows? But there's this qualifier that he's worried about relatives in other states who maybe aren't near to them to get protection. Right, 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 right. It never says like, "Oh, how can I get out with my wife and kids?" You know, like that's not said. Well, we know he we know he's divorced, but yeah, yeah. That's a deep dive, man. There it is. That's the nitty gritty right there. 
Yeah, and last night you were like, um, I don't think we'll have anything to say about Skip. <laughs> I had to call you out, my bad. Yeah, you did. Sorry, I was just I was I was on I was on one last night. Yo, Chris tried to convince me not to do a skip episode. He was like, I don't think we have enough to talk about. I'm like, bro, bro. I got all them notes. <laughs> well, last night I was staring at a blank page, so <laughs> What I should have said is I got all them notes as of 20 minutes before recording <laughs> when I'm supposed to be doing the dishes. Uh, no, this is good. This is good. I can't wait to do more of these. All right. Well, who's our next character up for an analysis? Uh, Michael O'Rourke? I don't think we have enough on. Marcus? We got to do. We could do Scott. Could do Scott. He's a main character, though. I know. We talk about him a lot. I've, we could do Marcus. Yeah. Or Charlie Wicker. Wick could be a big one. Wick could be awesome. Can you imagine trying to come up with like top three Wicker kills or moments? Like there's yeah. so many. Sneaking yeah. through the woods in the Philippines. Like, yeah. Oh, him as a kid. Dude, I love his backstory as a kid. Right. Yeah, we got to do Wick. We got to do Wick. Yeah. Yep. He's like hunting moose or something. Alaska is like a high schooler or something crazy. Minnesota, actually, maybe. Because I feel like... I mean, we could, I would love to. I guess we we just talked about Grisha a lot, but yeah, we just do did Grisha. Grisha. I feel like we got to do some quintessential. Go back to old school Vince for a little while in our topics. Yeah, probably. Marcus would be a good one. So he Marcus works the gap. For that. Yeah, yeah. Marcus or Wick. Marcus or Wick. Yeah, then we could do. We could talk about the two presidents if you want. We could. We if, could. If you think there's enough there, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Do you want to do an Anna, Anna an Anna episode? Baby Anna? Like little Anna or Anna Really? No, Anna Really. Uh, about that. Just just dodge that bullet. Well, that would be our shortest episode ever. We'd just say, bitch. <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to talk about, so we got Anna. We got Greta. We have... Yeah. Claudia, we have Agent Rivera. Dude, you're missing a big one. Who? Donatella. Oh, yeah, yeah. Donatella. Fatal. And then there was another. There, there's like, oh, Brooks. Agent Brooks. Agent does, does Brooks. He, does he like have like a little, little tiny thing with her? She's the one who almost scares him. Doesn't she like threaten to kick his ass and stuff? Yeah. She gives it to yeah. him. Yeah. No, no, Eric, that's Agent Rivera. In when he when she does kick his ass. Oh, yeah, in the dojo, but and and he sleeps with Rivera. They are a thing. Yeah, yeah. But there's an Agent Brooks who she's on a plane. They're on like a transport plane. Right. She's just like mouthing off and telling him what he needs to do and Yeah. Gives him the most like I remember that scene gives him like the most direct like assessment of who of who Mitch is, you know, like Yeah. Yeah. She gives him the rundown. She's like, I know your yeah. kind, and like gives him the business. So. All right. Lots of characters to come. All right. So next week, Mike, what are we doing? We're going to do these first lines. Yeah, we got a couple options. We got an interview in the can, went into a little historical fiction with a friend who reached out about a new book. It was very good. It was a great book. Uh, just something a little different, historical fiction. So. 
maybe we'll run that author series or I'm, I am excited to, to do your episode on best first lines of the series. So we'll do both of those over the next couple of weeks. Cool. All right. We need to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Kevin, Daryl, George, Matt, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. Find us at MitchRapPod.com or on Twitter and Insta at MitchRapPod. And as always, just let Mitch be Mitch. Just a disclaimer, this podcast is not affiliated with Vince Flynn, Kyle Mills, or Simon & Schuster. But thank you to them for bringing us the wonderful world of rap. And the music soundtrack is Gorilla Tactics by Raphael Crooks.